Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This episode 197 bonus episode, Fast and Furious Spy Racers South Pacific. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode is brought to you by Jacobs University, specifically their Intelligent Mobile Systems Program. Automation with some sort of embedded intelligence is now the norm rather than the exception. So if you're a student or a young person that needs to learn how to program AI bots, go to Jacobs University. Well, shout out to Jacobs University. Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. This is a bonus Friday episode because for the second time, third time this year, third time this year, second time this year, second time this year, fifth time in two and a half years, Yeah, we have a new season of Spy Racers, <laughs> South Pacific, which means you know, and we teased the last episode too, we have with us our Spy Racers correspondents. From the Husbands Talking More or Less podcast, we have Nico Vasillo and Kevo Reese. Hello, guys. Yo. I have to I have to be really, really, really real. I am like, I'm here. I'm present. I'm I'm excitedly more positive about I mean, this was my favorite season of Spy Racers. Uh by a lot. By a lot. I get that. Spy Racers, I feel this season in particular, is asking a lot of its viewers to remember characters yes. from the first four episodes of the first season. I was very excited that the gum was finally used because we were mm-hmm. so disappointed in the past season when the gum, but I'm just like, is this the longest, long con, slowest, <laughs> slow burn in TV history? Because it feels like it's just like, hey, you've been paying attention, right? It's like, not really. I mean, kind of, but not really. I'm with Nico here, man. I, I think that there was a lot of things that they actually did right this season. And I mean, granted, it's still a little too hyper for my brain and I feel like I missed giant chunks of the story. But yeah, there was a lot of things that we had talked about that they seemed to address, so... Well, you didn't really miss much of the story, because what it is is that the Russian guy from Season 1 kidnaps Tony, maps his brain to create a driving AI that is going to take over the world. They have to stop him. They do. And that's the end of the story. Like, that's basically, it's very simple, which is very nice. Also, Hot Sashi came back. Don't forget that part. Uh, true, True. But if I can point out that this is about a car movie, and it's about a bunch of car accidents, so it's about getting whiplash, and it's about a Russian guy with a bird going after a guy named Tony who has his right wife run for him. Okay. A woman who is much more intelligent than him. I'm okay. I'm just saying, Spy Racers 5, Iron Man 2. Mickey Rourke, what's going on? Interesting. Okay, I did not make that comparison, but now I can't unsee it, I guess. (laughs) It's not there. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. I'm I'm with you, Kevo. I was just trying to be nice to Nico. It's, I think to a certain extent, I, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch it again, but yeah. Were you going to watch any of the seasons again before now? No, of course not. Okay, so that's. It was better than the past few, I think. Like, this one feels like the first one in a while. I honestly, I feel like we say that every time, though. No, no, we've specifically said four was the worst by a long, long, Did we? large okay. amount. Yeah, I barely remember anything about four. We Because four was the one in the jungle, and we said no. that. Yes. Was it? Two was jungle. Two I was thought. jungle. Yeah. Three was Sahara. Four was Mexico. Yes, thank yeah, you. Yeah, and there was a bunch of stuff in the Mexican jungle with, like, the... Like, like quicksand. But it was desert too, and there were like wrestlers. It was very. Confusing. Oh yes, 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 yes. There was and it was like Dora's. Cisco's That's family right. sucked. There was yeah. no Yuka this season. What's up with that? No what the Yuka. fuck? I, I agree. don't know. I don't know. The sponsored content went away. I guess. Maybe they realized they had to stop pushing energy drinks on kids. 
I feel like in, ter- in you know speaking, that's a wonderful transition, Kevin. I could not have asked for something better to be teed up there. In terms of pushing things on kids, it feels like the entire first episode was like, "Hey, kids, video game coming this fall, where you're driving cars and playing AR video games. Come buy our video game." So yep. that's, oh, I forgot that's the impression that. I got from the first episode. Well, I also want to point out that. I've been trying to figure out what the theme song, you know, how sometimes you have like a Pavlovian response you don't want to have. Like every time you smell burned hair, it reminds you of this one awkward erection you had. And so now every time you smell burned hair, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you get hard and it ruins your life. You're exposed a lot. I did. I kept trying to figure out what this theme song, why this theme song makes me get so gay. It's Tyler Posey, right? And no, it's that it sounds a little bit like the Let's Get Soaking Wet from yes. Queer's Folk. Yes. Oh my God. It I definitely no sounds reference. like Babylon music. Yes, it does. And that makes me feel oh. a lot better in the first place. So you're all welcome, number one. Number two. I love that song. This helped me finally understand what Everything. I. Kind of actually. <laughs> this, this, no, no. This truly unlocked. Okay. There are sort of connections that we make that we go, oh my god, yes, you know what? If I put it in terms of that, now I get it. And I think I'm understanding part of what they're trying to say with Spy Racers. I think the point of Spy Racers is that the stuff we say is missing from Fast and Furious movies tends to be the logical plot elements... But the stuff they keep in are the action sequences and the acting and the emotional core stuff. Everybody's so gay in Fast and Furious. Everybody's got a gay moment with everybody. And the amount of like femme slash from this last movie is epic. Spy Racers is everything an action movie should have minus any plot. (laughs) It's seriously just... A Hot Wheels set every season. They just change the, check out what Hot Wheels has for you this time. Instead of getting stuck in the Serpent's Loop jungle set, you get stuck in the Sahara Bog Pit Troll Witch Monster Slayer. I can see it being a set, yeah. Can I make one addendum? It's not that there's no emotion or no plot, but as you say, it's a Hot Wheels set. So no, I the think there is emotion, there is... but there's no plot. Yeah. Well, and there's plot in terms of like, like there's, there's, there's ass story. You can, you know, at the top of this episode, we described what the story of the season was, but if you get down to it and watch those episodes, you're not going to get more than that two sentence description from the beginning of this episode. There's like little things that make it fill up to 20 minutes every single time, but it's mostly just, yeah, it's. The villain is monster cars this time, and they all think like Tony, and that's just the whole season, basically. Except for all the hot poly queer fuck, which is just like oh my god, I all so the hot poly queer fuck, I can't. I even. so completely ship Tony, Layla, and Sashi. It's crazy. Oh, there was some palpable sexual tension, like, but that's that's what I feel is frustrating, and I know that it's sort of just supposed to be mindless entertainment for kids, or just like bright colors and stuff. But it feels like every time we get close to some kind of relationship 
evolving in any way, not even just sexually, just like, hey, now uh, Layla likes Tony more as a person or whatever, you know, even if that's not necessarily true. It's like, hey, yeah, let's pump the brakes on that. And like, we'll pick up on that in like two seasons. Like, <laughs> we don't really know more about these people. We just know the same things again, I think. We were actually talking about that earlier uh, today. We were discussing how a lot of the other characters, Cisco and everyone feels sort of ancillary this season and that's sort of in that same vein they're not really getting character development but at the same time you know it as you pointed out it is a kid's show these roles would need to be filled whether it was with characters we've known since the beginning of the series or not right you know they're not really they being the producers i guess aren't really bothered by the lack of character development because you know it's just sort of a ride along it's for fun is what their thought is, I assume. This season, for some reason, I can't put my finger on why, but it feels like this one was written finally in the scope of the previous ones. Not that they were just, like, throw away, like, one ideas. Like, they were finally like, oh, like, let's, like, pay attention to what happened before a little bit and, like, start bringing back characters and stuff. And in that sense, it actually felt like it was getting closer to being a Fast and Furious product, which is something we were talking about it not feeling like before. This one was, like, based on family, we get a nice Dom cameo in this one, and, like, (laughs) because that they're kind of, like, bringing back characters and, like, you know, he's a bad guy, but now it seems like Sashi's gonna be a good guy, you're like, oh, man, this is actually following the formula of a real Mm. Fast and the Furious movie. Like, this is everything we see in the movies when they come out. And I agree, because I feel like they started with an end conclusion and decided to work backward. I think yeah. they said, how can we generate a season that reflects the ninth movie well, inexplicably, in a way that doesn't make sense, because there weren't two of them before, Toretto versus Toretto. How can we do a season that involves Toretto versus Toretto? In a way that's not going to affect the film, so you don't want to introduce a new major Toretto or anything. It would have probably been cooler if it was Tony versus Dom, but I think you couldn't risk even the power of family defeating Dom. What we have here is what you what we just talked about in the F9 episode is another fragile male Toretto, which is something that this show has explored to a certain extent for the entire time that Tony is like he's he's trying to be Dom but isn't Dom and will never be Dom. Like he's not yeah. going to have the confidence of Dom. But here he's just like, oh, I don't like he feels like that same kind of fragile male ego type that you were talking about. You weren't sure if you're crazy about in F9. And then to have Dom actually there and have him, you know, vying for that, even though Dom was driving a right hand drive car and like, come on, get out of here. That's not Dom's car. What are you, what are you doing? It's yeah. got to be a, a computer simulation. <laughs> but I think that there's something there that it's it's continuing sort of the themes and also there's the family element where at the beginning, Tony's like, hey, you guys are my family. They're like, no, we're not. That, that, it's not your family, whatever. And then at the end, it's like, you know what makes us different? We're a family. It's like, you can't, it's the same point. Yeah. <laughs> you can't be against it like six episodes ago. And now like, that's what's going to separate. Like, I don't know. I have a question in reflection of F9. Okay. How do we feel about Tony Toretto idolizing Dom now that we know all of the backstory about almost beating a guy to death with the wrench? Well, we knew that from the first movie. Like, that was something that he did admit in the first movie. Okay. It's been so long. I don't, I honestly, that is. Yeah, he he pulls Brian aside. 
it's in the car scene when he's like in front of the charger and he's like, Brian, I have something to tell you. And he's like, I beat a man to death almost. Is yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. Show, they show the fit. They show the pictures of it that uh, at at the police house, uh, Bilkins and Tanner show him the pictures of Kenny Linder in the hospital, all beaten up. Not fun to talk about, but I need you to understand. Sometimes I get wrench rage. Yeah, <laughs> I just start killing people that kill my dad. I just exactly. kill them over and over. So that's when, like, you know, when in F nine, they're like Kenny Linder. It's like, oh shit, we're gonna see Dom beat a man. Yeah, they say here. his name too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it is. I mean, people know that about Dom. I think like people know that he's a myth. I think, and I think that honestly, in, even though it's negative, adds to what is cool about him that he went to prison for beating a dude up who like but who killed for his family dad. though. Arguably, yeah. right? It's he lost his virginity at twelve. That <laughs> is disturbing. <laughs> I know, but back then it was everything. <laughs> So it's more like they recontextualize a part of Dom's origin story, like making the person who killed the Waynes Joe Cool yeah. for Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you saying Snoopy killed the Waynes brothers? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I got there. That was, I hate. It took me a second. I don't really understand Joe Cool in the context of Snoopy. He that was never his really ego. did. That's it. It's just his stuff on her. Indeed. Yeah, it's like it's just like how he's the Red Baron or whatever, which is one of his outfits. Yeah. That dog needs therapy. <laughs> oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and you so, know, good thing the psychiatrist is in five. Thank cents. God they've never done Snoopy as DID. I'm just so grateful they've never done Snoopy as DID. Let's talk about the C majors. The um oh, God, Tony's it was great trippy dream i'm so sad there wasn't more of that i I agree what the hell it was so fucking catchy it was the best song since the first like um yoko one for sure so i think that they heard us talking and saying we wanted more songs this one should have ran a little bit longer and been recurring i agree but yes yeah they're definitely listening to our 50 minute long podcast that's 45 minutes about the golden girls and uh that's how we got tony and layla in a polyamorous relationship i'm gonna take that true very very true but yeah like I don't know if this is what you were referring to. You said that Tyler Posey was pretty cute this season. And him, like, I, what I liked, I mean, the animation there was great and the song was great. But also him in reality, just kind of like loopy and out of it was also very, very funny, too. I liked that part a lot. It was good. And we got a nice Dom impression from him in this season, too, which I, I very much enjoyed. Because <laughs> yeah. hearing how many times we get a Nico Dom impression, I was like, yes, they, they definitely needed to do that. It was perfect. I really think that my cousin did me respect by doing it. <laughs> okay, it starts to become Christian Bale. I'm no goddamn Batman. I'm no ten second car. You know what is weird? I thought was weird was that the the self driving tech. So it starts with self driving tech, and yes. like, that's like the AI or whatever. It's called Rome. R O A M. I don't remember what it stands for, but I'm like, we already have a Rome, and I know that Rome is a driving pun, like a car pun. But yes. we have a Rome. We have Romey Rome. So I like, thought that it was going to be R O M E, to be honest. Like, when, but they like they specifically spelled it out, gave us the acronym. But yes, I was like. I thought, uh, and I was like, is this like a little, this is a little nod to Tyrese, right? Like, it had to have been. I would not be surprised if these writers on the, sh- on the story have never seen a Fast and Furious movie. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. 
what about the the themes or the the you know the plot points or whatever? It's like Toretto and family, and like outside of that, like there's really no connection. There's cars, but like at some points, no. At some points, yes. This one felt a little bit better because you had like the self driving car thing, which I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We it's kind like of cipher tech, yeah, like cipher tech. Like this one felt a little bit more on brand to me. But like, that's it, also just modern car stuff. That's but true. wait. I have a completely off-topic, slightly comic book, slightly video game, but no Golden Girls. No Golden Girls. I can do it without Golden Girls. <laughs> so when comic book solicits and covers are done, they're done based on the plot that the writer submits three or four months earlier. I don't know about you, but there's times I start a sentence and it ends differently. I can't imagine a plot not changing for four months, Yeah, but it's too late. That's the solicit, so that's the name of the issue, so that's the cover. And sometimes you can kind of get around it. You can sort of work like the if the second if there's like a second cover, a variant. Sometimes you'll say, okay, let's make the original cover the variant, and let's make the what was going to be the variant the main cover. So you can kind of work around it with video games that are tie-in products. There would effectively and affectionately known as schedule screws. Because they don't have a choice. For instance, I am uh, uncomfortably obsessed with Lego products. I love the Lego superhero and Lego Star Wars and Lego Harry Potter games. And the Lego Star Wars games are truly a pleasure. There's been some varying levels of success, but take a look at the complete saga. The complete saga has had to be pushed back multiple times because Disney literally wouldn't even let the Lego studio developers work on Rise of Skywalker before it was released. So Mm. they didn't get Rise of Skywalker to begin making the game until it was in theaters and they could go see it. It's really possible that, you know, the Spy Racers people call up and they're like, hey, we're excited. We just heard that because I guess they're all old-timey newspaper guys. And hey, we really just heard that we are about to do Spy Racers Season 3. We're very excited. And we just found out that it's going to come out around the same time as Shaw versus Hobbs. What should we know? And they're kind of like, it looks like this piece of paper says Island Cyborgs Helen Mirror? Helen Mirror and Island Cyborgs. It can't possibly be Helen Mirren, so it must be <laughs> Helen Mirror. All right, so uh, they go online, they Google her. She's a, an erotic uh, OnlyFans performer, somehow connected to Tyler Posey. That must be it. Only for so, another month. Although, evidently, he doesn't do a lot of nudie stuff anyway, so his is going to be just fucking fine. He's about to pass for hardcore. You know, they're like, all right, guys, let's get to work. Let's uh, let's put in some Island Cyborgs that are just like this the old timey lady porn star i guess so then they go about they build that they build that movie out and then hobbs and shaw goes into round three of reshoots and the rock says i don't even want the word vin or any diesel cars in this movie put it on an island and take away all of the technology so you can't even think the word diesel to yourself and spy racers is sitting there going the fuck were cars (laughs) You know, that's, I think, how Spy Racers gets plotted. I'm actually now more positive than when I started my my dumb story. Do you guys think that the animation style has changed this season? Because it felt to me like we got a lot more, like, low-angle shots and 
based on what we were talking about before and how like you know they probably recycle a lot of it and stuff like that this felt like they changed the camera angles in parts and it somehow felt fresher than some of the other ones we've seen which always looked like same characters just moving around in front of the same scapes like repeatedly over and over again that's how we got so much desert and jungle so i want to talk about the locations right because that is something that really kind of affected me a lot more earlier on that oh my god because i can't even talk about how happy i was that han came back like it really reminded me about the third movie in the franchise and how honest to goodness i really do think tokyo drift really is kind of an appropriative mess I thought there were elements about that in earlier seasons, but I feel like they're starting to get slightly more and more nondescript. It's supposed to be like, you know, Spy Racers Moscow, but like that maybe was a little bit too. So the next one is going to be like Spy Racers King of Prussia Mall. Yeah. And the one after that is going to be like Spy Racers Des Moines. And like they're just going to keep getting less and less that related to where they are spy racers the mall the airport spy racers your backyard and the location is so backseat to the point of it might as well not even be the subtitle it's almost insulting to the regions that they are claiming that these seasons are set in oh it's spy racer south pacific was it? That's what happens every single season, Kevin. Which, and you, we all know it by now. It's like they get to the place by the third episode, and then like the sixth or seventh, they're out of there. And like the three or four in the middle, it's not really in that place. They're just like doing spy things and car things in one kind of place, right? <laughs> yeah. So I just feel like it hit an all-time low this season, all just at the expense of having a submarine, which is something that have we did we call underwater yet is that one of the things that we asked for i know we asked for space <sighs> i don't know you know what we did get here for the first time which i was pleasantly surprised by is like fighter jets like kind of top gun yeah, stuff yeah. which we haven't really had in fast and furious and i don't think we've i mean we obviously said space which we got in f9 i don't think that we've really said you know fighter pilot which we get briefly in episode seven i don't we, we i'm guessing we might have said under sea because like under the water under the sea because where else would you i don't know you know you said something a minute ago that I, i'd been trying to figure out how to reply to it and I, I didn't want to ramble too much on recording you know you said you're not even sure that the producers of spy racers perhaps are as intimately familiar with fast and furious as you are well, to be fair, no one is as intimately familiar with Fast and Furious as Joe and I are, yeah. but I see your point. Moreover, not as intimately as you would aware like for the project. As someone should be as a showrunner of a franchise under that umbrella. But you know what? I think they are really intimately familiar with the Fast and the Furious franchise because the Fast and the Furious franchise is sort of it, it takes really static tropes and applies dynamic characters with memeable cut references like almost like cut in look it's nas time to go fast and like you know they make it very enculturating to this idea of what their version of the racing world is right it a little bit blurs reality into spies and secret agents and cops and maybe you know what maybe they're secretly the librarians that house like the mysteries of the universe too maybe that's how fast they go the other major tent poles are family food because food plays a major role in the fast and furious franchise it really does it really does yeah a sense of betrayal from within a sense of redeeming former bad guys 
a sense of bad guys who come into the picture because they have knowledge beyond what you have. You know, these might sound like generic action tropes, but Fast and Furious does them in a really unique way. And I think at the same time, Spy Racers is dialing into those same identities, right? They're just doing it without Vin Diesel, without Jordana Brewster. They're doing it without Prussia Des Moines, the fantastic new character that's going to appear in Fast 10. So You couldn't come up with anyone else in the entire franchise, so you blurted out Prussia Des Moines. Why are you so obsessed with the Mall of Prussia right now? I don't know. I think, I think it's a stupid name for a mall. The King of Prussia Mall? I mean, it's a, it's a great name, but, you know, I, I see where you're coming from. <laughs> I think this show is suffering from something that it shouldn't have to suffer from. We're watching eight 20-minute episodes that are essentially deconstructions of a much smaller idea. If I were producing this, I'm not coming at what exists. I think what exists for what it's supposed to be is doing a great job. But if I were producing this, I would probably do the same eight-episode story in three to four episodes. I would have made the first three seasons my first season and the next two seasons the first two-thirds of my second like i would be moving this a lot faster i'm not trying to produce children's television that's one thing number two i'm not trying to work within the confines of what seems to be an adaptable version of unreal engine being tested to its very goddamn stock dreamworks footage max every season it really is as fast and furious as you can make a sanitized cartoon one of the things about Fast and Furious is, well, sure, later on it gets rid of the crude sexuality. It's always sexy. It's always meant to be sexy. And it's always for adults and teens. Yeah. This is the sanitized version of it. You know, I think about how when we were kids, I used to say to my parents, I want power wheels. And they were like, you're like eight and six feet tall. Shut the fuck up. You're going to be driving soon. You don't get power wheels. I think part of the problem is most of the kids who would want to watch Fast and Furious, this isn't a realistic stopgap for them. They're going to be at driving real cars soon. They don't need these power wheels. And I think Mm. that's the problem. The, The appropriate age group that this is a distillation of the notions in Fast and Furious, the, the age group for this is a proper distillation, is so so small, so inherently aged out of quickly, that that's, I think, why we're getting so many seasons of this so fast. They only have these boys and girls from five to eight, and they want six seasons in a movie before this is over. That makes sense. I can see that for sure. Joe, do you remember what six seasons in a movie is about? We talked about it on the podcast one episode. No, I don't. It was the uh, the fan outcry for uh, more community after community got canceled. Uh, I said we have to go back on mute, and then I cleared my throat not on mute. It's okay. We'll we'll never get there. We'll never ever get there. It'll it'll that's that's the one constant in this in this podcast is so that we'll never go how back. How do we how do we reason this season constant. that we've spent like you know so many seasons building up and we know it's a kids show so like they never shoot bullets they just shoot like this kind of like paintball kind of fun thing and we're which like, is okay. in the video game too yeah mm-hmm. which is gonna be in the video game we're like that's cool and then all of a sudden this season they were like missiles are okay. And, like, bullets sometimes are okay, as long as you're shooting a missile, but, like, the rest of it, we just use paintballs. What I think is a little funny about that, because I did I did think about that as well, because they're cartoons, they don't have the sense of 
aging, but we're like, oh, they've done a bunch of missions. Like, they're okay with real guns now, but, like, they look the same as they looked in the first episode. Like, yes, yeah. In the real life, you know, we might not think about them aging because if it was up to Vin Diesel and, you know, probably most of the actors are like, hey, no, we're still 25 or whatever, right? Like, we're still young guys. We can still do whatever. Like, they would want to be preserved in Amber. These characters actually are. So, like, even though we've seen them continent hop and do all these things and solve all these crimes and, you know, save the world time and time again, they're still, like, 12. And so they probably (laughs) shouldn't be on screen with, like, AI-controlled actual machine guns and whatever and, like, missiles that could blow up cities or whatever, right? So... It's weird. It's it's a jump. And I think that's something that we sort of do need at a certain point, a better contextualization of how long it's been, how old these characters are now. You know, we don't expect them to age in real time, but has it been a year, two years, three I don't months? Know. Like if if you said like this is like all within a month, it's just like okay. Like yeah, that summer or... that one summer of, of spy racers. Phineas and Ferb. There's no way to gauge progression through time with any other metric because there's no relationships that really evolve. There's there's Ms. Nowhere and Palindrome, and like that's the closest thing we have to like. I totally didn't remember that they didn't end on a bad note. Like when they like had this first episode, and they're like, "Yeah, Ms. Nowhere and Palindrome are together." I was like, "The bad guy? Like, what is she doing with him?" And then they were just like, "This is our side mission." And I was like, "When did that happen?" I love Gary and his much more uh, Julius. Julius. Yeah, I was going to say his much more Cafe Con Leche brother, but Julius, also an excellent (laughs) definition. And, you know, (laughs) it sucks. It actually fucking sucks because if you gave me this, I would do a real hot Pretty Little Liars with cars meets fast like i could have a lot of fun with this as a creator and i don't want to sound weird but i would really lean female heavy with this are you fucking kidding me this shit is where women are yep. really moving with their entertainment in- interests and like i say women i don't mean girls i mean women and young girls as well of course but this is you know this whole idea of make make what you've always made for men for us and not just like put women in it and you know oh my god can you believe it she's a spy and she's on her period not like that like but actual things that women go through to make it about a woman you know you could do this pretty well if you lean a little heavy you can there's things you can do with this that you can't do with the real the real figures because you know Joey you said something really beautiful dom is a myth and that's my problem with the dom parts of 9 the dom parts of 9 demythify him overly humanize him And I appreciate that we're taught through things like Harry Potter that cyclical buildup and breakdowns and, you know, Dragon Ball Z and the classic hero's journey and every time Thor becomes the Odin spark wielder and has to go back down at the end. We cyclically and narratively move characters back into earlier positions so they can grow again and we can keep changing the level of the stakes as we raise them and lower them. Because Dom is so mythed out, it's that thing like, and I feel so silly, I can't think of his name, but the lead on the Wild, uh, on the Wild Wild West, the original show, the lead guy on it had it written into his contract that he could not lose a fight. And the reason I say that is because if anybody kind of fits into that I don't play with my character losing kind of thing, Vin Diesel, just as producer, had himself summon the fucking Furious Force for the first time in nine goddamn movies and rip the ceiling down. 
Yeah. So, you know, there was a certain point at which he said, I'm filming Bloodshot anyway. Can we just do the same thing? And I am troubled, genuinely troubled, because I do feel like we're going to reach a point where Dom is going to become too grandiose for the confines and limitations that Nine is trying to perhaps set for him. Hopefully 10 and 11 um, break those chains that were trying to bind him. You can't make a Dom Lego because Vin Diesel would be like, he's not buff enough. He's got to make it bigger. Yeah, and they're like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. They um, People-sized Legos are this big. No, it needs to be a custom. This is Eeyore from the Winnie the Pooh set we just did. Yeah, he's got back muscles. Put him on legs. We have this Hulk figure. Yeah, paint him Vin. I feel like at a certain point, you're going to lose the plot. You can make a Tony Toretto Lego. Who the fuck is Tony Toretto that you want a fucking Lego of him? But, like, you can make a Tony Toretto Lego. That's something that this offers. And that's what's kind of fascinating. I, I really, God, I really want them to reach out to us and be like, you know, we'll give you guys 10 five-minute animated web shorts. Show us what you want to do in this universe. Because, like, this universe has, like, Star Trek levels of potential. Not really. But, like, it has, like, Star Trek levels of potential. I guess. It has more potential than they're using. For fuck's sake, it sure does. You know, if if you've got a diamond, let it shine. Don't tell people that it's a fucking rocket ship because when you throw it up, it's not going to go into fucking space. But it's a diamond and it's beautiful and let it shine. And I feel like they're not doing a good job letting this diamond shine like a diamond. They want it to be a 10-second diamond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, leading off that, do you think that there's a possibility that they're going to try to port Tony Toretto into the main franchise because I felt like no. me- with the Dom resurgence, like coming back, no. I'm thinking, like, no, you don't think so? You keep asking. <laughs> Dom was just in Tony's brain, which yeah. I think is just like it. That that's just okay. like us okay, wanting to that's see fair. Dom. Like, well, yeah. And, and for people who didn't watch this, which I'm assuming is most people uh, that's listening to the podcast, he doesn't talk. He just sees like Tony is in a VR game and he sees a car whiz by him and it's Dom driving the car and he's chasing after Dom. And that's the extent of Dom's How camera. How tied up is Vin Diesel in real life that he couldn't like Zoom call in like, Hold on a minute, no. Wait, Tony, but- come get me. Like for like three seconds, right? Like I love Vin Diesel as a dude who is really brave about male body positivity because, I mean, he's, he's a fucking god. Like, god damn, I want to know exactly what his cycle is. On topic. Thank you, Kevo. There are actors who quit after they regret movies they've made. They go, I just made such a bad movie, I'm never making a movie again. And that's how mm. Sean Connery left the industry after making League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. We were talking about Gene Hackman, yeah. Because he made some bad moves, and it made it so easy for him to retire that no one noticed. Mm. Vin Diesel isn't about to start making bad moves that make the the value of his name, the worth ah. of booking Vin fucking Diesel. He He's a producer on this show. He gets paid by the stream, ladies and gents, but to appear would cheapen his value. As someone who uh, is a member of the film franchise instead. 
But then you compare that directly with his nemesis and counterpart, whether it's manufactured or real, where The Rock is like, of course I'll be on my show. Of course I'll do that. Of course I'll do that. And like, I know he's not saying yes to everything, but it seems like he's saying yes to everything. I don't know if there's a right or a wrong way about this. But I think there's a reason for that. And I think it has a lot to do with Dwayne Johnson's origins and who his father was. And how Dwayne himself came up through the industry, first through wrestling, and having to fight tooth and nail to be taken seriously as an actor. You're still not calling him Dwayne Johnson. You're still calling him The Rock, even though he tries to be billed as Dwayne Johnson now. Uh, He has a very different perspective on his career and all the things he's had to do to not be taken seriously, literally get work at all in the industries he wants to be in but vin diesel wants to be taken seriously he wants to be allowed to make dumb decisions he's pitch black right he's those movies he agreed to make i think it's uh triple x3 in exchange for the legal ownership of the pitch black riddick character so he still wants to be uh, he still wants to do dumb career moves but he wants to do dumb career moves that he wants to do. He probably doesn't see the value in him appearing more than just the first episode of this franchise. But he's vested. It's his it's it's still part of it's under his umbrella, you know. That's Yeah, it's going to make money whether he appears or not. No one's going to come to it for his 2 second cameo. Do you think the target audience of 10-year-olds cares whether or not Dom talks? No, but I'm saying I think that that now generates like a cool BuzzFeed article that's like, Does it? Oh, Does it? Vin- <laughs> fair. No, really? Fair. Did it? Did it two years ago when the show debuted in Fuck, the Fuck, it's been two years! Only two years! I think okay. it's been two years in December, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not even. It's been a year and eight months, exactly. And like, I want to go a step further on that topic. You know, there's that joke from... Fresh Prince, where Will is talking with Uncle Phil, and Will says, I want to be a comedian, and Uncle Phil says, no. And Will says, look, at Sinbad. He's a successful black man and a comedian. And Uncle Phil says, his parents named him Sinbad. It was comedian or pirate. You know, if Eminem came out now and said, hey, everybody, my name is Marshall Mathers, and I'm here to rap for you, we would all sort of be like, have a good day, bye-bye. If... Vin Diesel hadn't made his entire life being cool car man. So much of Vin Diesel's identity predicates on cool. And not just cool, but that you buy into the cool that Vin Diesel's laying down. The Rock is so... The Rock dares you to not call him yes, cool. Yes, yes. The, the Rock literally doesn't care if you're interested. If somebody went up to The Rock and said, I don't think you're cool. He would Rock laugh would, his head off. Yeah, He would be like, wow, you just met a guy who's on the track to be a billionaire and that's what you said? <laughs> and would just keep walking. And if somebody did that to Vin Diesel, the next day we would read about how Vin Diesel screamed at a man at an L.A. Spago. That's the difference between these two men, where The Rock can do any vanity project he wants with gleeful aplomb. But Vin Diesel, because he's so predicated on that one moment of cool that he's trying to sell to you, this ageless fucking rebel without a cause meets Robert Redford in the sting, sort of really amazing action hero who has sustained this identity for 20 years. I think he just really needs to be that selective for danger of breaking the illusion. 
If I had to guess, I would actually assume the only way he was allowed producer credit for what I imagine is a very, very, very minimal involvement in production was if he appeared in one episode. And he probably Mm. did it begrudgingly right up front. But it was probably, if anything, a condition. Because where I feel Dwayne Johnson will do anything for his fans... I'm not like trying to come out and say Vin Diesel hates his fans by any means, but I don't think that he cares if anyone would think that it's cool that he did one episode of Spy Racers, whereas Dwayne Johnson's like, sure, I got five minutes. Let's go. And like, you know, Justin Bieber is the person who's given more to Make-A-Wish than anybody else in Make-A-Wish history. I'm sure there's a day that Justin Bieber's been like, I don't want to stand here while I am walking to my car and sign your autograph. I think there's a number of things like that, you know, it's, I almost don't see it as a slight. I think we've entered a world where the Marvel unification of things has so damaged the understanding of what a franchise or franchise elements could be. Anybody here who grew up with sci-fi, you had Friday the 13th, the show, which had nothing to do with the film. That was a thing. There were... Highlander and Highlander 2, completely Mm -hmm. unrelated. It's so significant that we're also not considering, and I don't mean this with any malice, but it's also very possible that Vin Diesel said, if I'm going to come back to this franchise and I'm going to keep re-signing and keep re-signing, I want profit participation. I don't want to hear this percent on the back end. Make me a producer on things. One of the things that we don't realize as lay people is producers, especially when they're producers for credit, right, don't need to be in the room. They don't ever need to enact their producer powers. There are constantly stories of these three people were producers on a TV show and never once showed up but got paid for every episode. Because as a producer, you're entitled to input. That does not mean that the executive producer takes your input. And as a producer, you're entitled to input. You are not held at gunpoint to input. So Vin Diesel may be very hands-on, may be there every day, and perhaps we've been very critical of his secret baby. And <laughs> it's you know He's like sitting at home, and he's like, and then they called me out on the thing I did at the club the other day. And like he's like getting real down on himself. I do think that it's much more likely that Vin Diesel is a producer on this because it makes it easier for Netflix to trust that it will be successful. Vin Diesel is a producer on this because he is a man who believes in his franchise. He believes in his body of work. And he is very proud of what he has taken from what could have been a silly car movie and turned into one of the most overwhelming successes in cinematic history. I think he deserves financial recompense uh, recompense for the volume of this franchise that is based on his visage and like who the fuck he is so yeah pay him i have a question based on this line of discussion and the idea of him not coming back and it not being a slight along the same lines as the actors who chose not to come back for marvel's what if you know it's a choice No one's forcing you to come back and do this, but how would we feel about characters from the film franchise appearing with different actors? What do you mean? 
I, I, I'm not sure who exactly I would be saying, but like Roman and Tej, for example, okay. not voiced by the actors from the film. Doesn't Vin Diesel do Groot? Yes. Somebody else does Groot in all the animated stuff then. Yeah, like that. Well, I don't know if they would recast Dom, but they could. Yeah. Just for the sake of having it. the character appear more. I don't think they would. I, I don't, don't think, think they would, I... but I would enjoy it. I wouldn't have any problems with it. But other characters. To be fair and not to be critical of the, of the franchise, these characters are only beloved because of the portrayal by the actors. I don't think that there is... I think that what the actors bring to the roles is far beyond what's on the page. Uh-huh. And I think if mm. you recast Tyrese or some other, you know, just some voice actor who's great and sort of sounds like Tyrese or whatever as Roman... It, it doesn't bring what people love about Roman. And I think that maybe you get like close enough that casual fans wouldn't maybe know, but I think it would be disrespectful. And I think for a franchise that is so about family and love and respect and whatever, I don't, I don't see that. I don't think they would do that. It's the genie from Aladdin. If you're asking me who is the more famous actor between Robin Williams and Dan Castanella, it's Robin Williams. But if you're asking me who is the more successful voice actor, Homer Simpson is fucking Mickey Mouse recognizable. But he was panned for not being Robin Williams. Anybody they get could be great, but they're not going to be Tyrese or Vin Diesel. I do think that's a pretty good point. I don't think then that we will ever see characters from the film franchise crossover. I think whatever they do next, they're going to have in mind the Disney unification of everything. They're going to say, okay, we need characters that can be in these films and connected characters in the animated series from the get. So if they, you know, relaunch with a Dom prequel and do a Young Dom Chronicles kind of movie franchise, the animated series will tie into that. And maybe it'll be Young Mia's Life at Driving Beauty School. Is there anything else about Spy Racer South Pacific that we want to talk about? Because I feel like we haven't talked much about the series. We also have talked a lot about the series. But Joe, go ahead. The idea that Frosty is like running and trying to like upload the thing. Now we've seen that in Hobbs and Shaw because it was a virus and they were trying to get the thing. We've seen that in F Nine where like they it's have been to, a, like, it's in it's in every action movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. But it was like. Like, with so much abundance of things you can do, yeah, I guess that it's just, like, you know, technology now kind of just, per, like, pervades everything. Well, that's, so. I mean, we've talked about that, too. Yeah. It's just that yep. when yep. everything is technology, there's not a lot of different ways. And, like, it's not yep. a good thing. It's just, like, this is the hand that they've chosen to play. And so Makes sense. what tech stuff do you do? I even agree with your assessment there because, like, I'm with Joey. It is just sort of a trope that we have to accept. It's just part of how these movies work. But simultaneously, I did find there to be kind of like a flawed logic to the dialogue. The, you know, uh, Frosty said that it's getting harder each time. It actually seemed to go faster and faster each time, especially if you're trying to simulate a countdown, telling me that the time is getting longer and longer when the time actually isn't getting longer and longer disconnects me from the illusion so even if i'm with you joey i agree that the it's kind of just like a trope joe i do get what you're saying as well not to not to be the in-between guy but yeah i see it i see both my only other real thing that i want to say is that last season when palindrome came in we were talking about the palindromes that he liked to say and so on and so forth and then ms nowhere tries to do her own palindrome this season just says eat poop tea and he says that's not a palindrome it's close 
that's not a palindrome, but I just like that she's, you know, she's so confident, she's so proud of things, but can't do palindromes, so. She was going through some stuff this season, though. She was a really big nightmare in the middle of the season, then finally came around, like, genuinely, the scene at the end where, like, she says, you're my partner now, and she apologizes. I really, truly, sincerely appreciate the inclusion of that because she was kind of batshit throughout the season (laughs) i get that it's for comedic effect but it's also just obnoxious and this is for kids and they are learning by watching these things and i think it's bizarre to have this woman in power who treats her subordinates like this all the time they really need to cool it on how rude she can get because it just is not a very pretty picture, especially now that she has this partner in Palindrome, who is a lot more relaxed, is so venerated by everyone. And, oh, it's Palindrome. Like, we need, yeah. we need a little bit. We need people to be cheering for Ms. Nowhere again. And so I really loved that bit at the end of the season. I thought that the real highlight of this season in terms of the continuity of the show itself and what was supported by the text kind of was relationships front and center but if you had a big story in the last few seasons you can fuck right off that is echo cisco and frosty all felt very much like minor minor background characters along tertiary jewels i think uh gary and jules and i think those five really could have been picked up and left on the kitty version of this like almost like a pup named scooby fast and furious could have gotten those five characters and you could have had a new more adult show with palindrome sashi layla tony and ms nowhere which really seemed to be the driving idea there were characters who were capable of sustaining what i'm going to refer to as adult style relationships by adult style relationships i don't mean to minimalize the reality of asexual people i mean that tv doesn't really understand how to further develop the responsibilities and emotional realities of an adult relationship that doesn't have some sexual component to it yeah gave us two significant relationships the coupling of palindrome and ms nowhere and the thruppling sort of of sashi who they go out of their way to give stress marks at every beautiful curve of his animated body and Layla and tony especially because they did such an impressive job trying to break the show up into those two separate parts it sometimes felt to me like you actually might as well have left those five characters at home this season but nico i said the same thing last year that these characters have always been an afterthought there's no distinction between them. Like, remember when they're like, when they're like, oh, Cisco's separated from the group. I'm like, he was, he was with the group. Like, they're, they, this show, considering they only have like six or seven main characters, doesn't do a good job of giving anybody outside of Tony and Layla and one other character, pick your, pick your poison in a given season, any kind of story that matters. They've always struggled with this. I'll give you that because you did say pick one other character. Cause I was going to say, no, last season Cisco got stuff because, yeah, he was separated. And it was his uncle. And, oh, I guess Cisco was kind of highlighted kind of like that season where Echo was Layla was. The thing I will challenge is, if you're asking me what are their personalities, I can actually tell you the difference between them. 
Echo is driven and not played by the rules. She's only going to make it in this spy industry. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not. I don't want. I don't want to cut you off. Like they, they have character. Like they have characteristics. Like we know who they are. We know what they're doing. They just don't write to them. Yeah, I completely. It's, I, it's yeah, just, it's a, it's a poorly made show in that regard. Like it doesn't give a shit about its characters. It defined its characters really early on in the first season. We know who each of these people are. They just don't have anything to do. And it's just here's the group doing its thing, and here's Frosty hacking and whatever. And like, that's all, but they, we don't get development. It's just the team doing its thing, the family doing its thing. And that's it. Like it's, it all feels the same that you guys say, I think we said the same thing last year, like, or whatever, maybe not last season, but just like, this is the best one yet. And it just feels like it's the same thing. It's the same thing, which I know is kind of by design, but it's also, come on, give me something. I desperately hope that the video game that's coming out, the Spy vs. video game, is like Godfather 2 levels of good, and we have to wonder <laughs> how the fuck it happened, and we have to yeah. sit here and be fucking destroyed by how good this game is, <laughs> and ponder our place. That does lead me into probably my main sticking point on this branch of this franchise right now, not knowing what any sort of plan or... Just what the future of this series is. They keep just being like, oh, there's another season coming out in two weeks. We we didn't know if you were ever coming back. Right. There's no direction. Yeah. Like final direct. Like we're not like leading anywhere. It's just like it could happen. And it doesn't have to. If we knew that it wasn't, that would be fine. But we don't have any idea what the fuck is going on. Are you guys just going to keep pumping seasons of this out ad infinitum? until the money runs out and if you do that's fine i don't like the phrase because i think it's demeaning to creators but like this is more close it's closer to content than tv because it's just like hey we have things that are happening and like there's a story but it's also like they just kind of hashed out because again it's one thing i mean it's movie length but there's less story than there was in f9 and we talked about in f9 there's not a lot of story it's just a thing to put on Netflix. Like Netflix, just, and this is a bigger issue, and I don't want to go too far down this path because I do want to wrap this up. Netflix just stated it's like 42 or 43 movies it's releasing this fall. Like this one thing, you know what I mean? Like they're just looking for volume. And by this point, it's just like, yeah, we'll do another season of Spy Racer. It's like, there's four dudes who watch it. Like it's fine, we're just doing it for them, right? So I don't know. I was going to say, I think there's arguments that can be made for or against the idea of it just being content as you described it, because I think that is a good way of describing it. It does sometimes just feel like content, like they're just putting out a new season. Here you go. If you want to watch it, go ahead. I would just like to know what I should expect and what my expectations for this series should be, just so I know how to react to it as I'm watching it. That's all. Like, I don't... For something like this and for the quality that I get and for the enjoyment I get out of the characters and for Tyler Posey getting a steady paycheck, I like this for what it is. I I don't know if I would like it as much if it was something else. I think part of the problem is it's a little difficult at times to describe exactly what Netflix is trying to get out of not just this, but a lot of its programming. There was a period of time where... We said things like, oh, something this silly should just be like a webisode. Well, what the fuck's a webisode? Netflix? Is Netflix webisodes? If Netflix, if the internet, if where you would relegate the silly animated episode of something is now going to be the home of Emmy-winning, Oscar-winning material, where does something like Spy Racers belong? Because... 
I don't want to say you need content at that level, but you kind of do. It it's part people of people want the it. World. There's yeah. people who are hungry for it. We know what Netflix is capable of, so we sort of wish this was giving us more. It's perhaps not that this is bad. It's that we believe Netflix can do better. Again, yeah, because I don't think any of these seasons are bad. It's just it's the same. Yeah. And there's so many of them. And I know that they can be better because, like, the characters are developed enough that you could tell a good story with these and not even rely on cameos or anything. Like, it's just, I don't know, whatever. And even as content, it could be more is the thing. Sure. Even if it's just content, then you could do more. Any other final thoughts, Kevo, about Spy Racer Season 5, South Pacific? No, and that that was that was pretty much my final thought. I don't know whether we can expect more. I don't know if I want more. Well, we'll tell you in two weeks when the new I would assume announced. we're going to get more, uh, yeah. <laughs> you're joking, but they could announce a new one by the end of the year. And that's not a joke. 100% could. You know, like, Mike and I used to joke about Nicolas Cage movies, and like, because he was on a streak where it's like seven months in a row with one, but like, you know, he's slowed down a little bit, but Spy Racers has picked up his absence, right? So, I mean, it's... <laughs> Oh, I would love Nick Cage on Spy Racers. As himself or a character, just like as Nick Cage just shows up one day? It's an animated series, both. He needs to do at least six characters. Okay. Sure. You know what? At eight episodes a season with so many actors, each only doing like 10 lines an episode, and then a bunch more actors doing 30 lines an episode, realistically, it just can't cost that much to keep further developing an IP and hold on to the IP. Maybe this is a great gateway to getting... Nobody watched Dragon Prince on Netflix, but that's how Netflix got the Avatar live-action show that it's botching. What do you guys want to plug? What do you want people to listen to? We just talked about it on the last episode, but in case people are listening to this one and not the F9 episode, what do you got going on in the world of X's for podcast, HTML? Go check out my awesome SoundCloud at NicoAction on SoundCloud. It's oh, awesome. Cool. You'll like yeah. it. And uh, we have a brand new feature debuting on Excess for Podcast. I couldn't be more excited. I'm a really big fan of things like MTV Unplugged and Storytellers. I like the idea of creators talking about not just the work like, oh, yeah, I'm really proud of this book. It's going to be really popular. But I want to hear creators talk a little bit about the passion behind the design. Right. So in accordance with that, Excess for Podcast is proud to announce a new program called Paneling, where creators are going to come in and just walk you through their process step by step, exploring and explaining how it was that they came to make that panel, that page, that issue, or a large percentage of their run. We have some amazing top tier talent coming in. Pretty big thing from the, uh, the show. We're pretty excited about it. It's creators coming to talk about what makes them create how they create. Cool. And Kevo, anything you want to plug? And I helped. Wonderful. Well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash forever, or at forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page at forever.com and our store, forever.shop. Come back on Tuesday for the world's fastest Indian patron, patron selected by patron Haley Gerby's Coming on Tuesday, the world's fastest Indian. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And that was Nico Basello and Kevo Reese. And we'll tell you all about it when we see you.